Hello and welcome to the HP Engineering video podcast. Today we're going to talk about lighting retrofits. I have with me today my friend, my business partner, Bill Hodge. Bill, how are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Good. Um, many of you may not know, uh, Bill in his former life uh, worked for Walmart. He oversaw two of the largest lighting retrofit programs that have ever taken place in the world, really. Um, these uh, that's, that's really not an understatement, but uh, taking the... Uh, uh, Walmart stores uh, transitioning from old T12 to T8 technology, and then with the Sam's Clubs going from HID to uh, T8 lamps as well. So that was a big shift. That was kind of in the early 2000s, uh, which was late 90s, early 2000s was when the was really when when the last uh, or the previous great shift of, of technology came along. Uh, the introduction of electronic ballasts really changed the game uh, for energy savings with lighting. And uh, of course, now we uh, have been going through the past couple of years have been going through the uh, changeover from T8 and T5 uh, fluorescent to LED. Everything's LED now, right? I mean, right. it's 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 everywhere. So uh, let's. Um, you, you and I have done a couple of lighting retrofits uh, over over the years. Um, so you just know, just a just a couple. <laughs> uh, just for the benefit of our folks that are listening, not everyone has a. Uh, you know, knows what a lighting retrofit is or why they need to be done. Um, can you maybe explain a little bit about what that is, what's involved in a lighting retrofit? Why would they want to do it? Sure. An owner, there's lots of reasons why an owner would do a lighting retrofit, but the two main reasons I would say were to improve the quality of lighting in the space and then certainly uh, savings to save money. Mm-hmm. And saving money can come in several fashions, uh, primarily through energy savings. Okay. On the, in, because the LED lighting lowers the, the cost of energy or lowers the amount of energy that the fixtures use. But um, it also may take the form of maintenance savings where right. the, um, the deferred maintenance um, gets, uh, gets rolled into the cost of the retrofit. And the owner can save money by not having to change out T8 lamps mm-hmm. every other year. Mm-hmm. So now they go to maybe a five or seven year yeah. lamp process. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there are some key components in it, and it's not just what it is on face value. If you're looking at the cut sheet of a, of a fluorescent fixture and looking at a cut sheet of an LED fixture, there's much more to the story than that. Because obviously the, the LEDs are uh, more, more efficient but they do last a lot longer. The maintenance involved in the old fluorescent technology was uh, was not only the the lamp itself, but the ballast. Uh, the you know if the ballast went down, the whole fixture could go out, or you could get reduced benefit. So there was there was ongoing maintenance programs just involved in keeping the fixtures going. Now with an LED fixture, it's it's a little bit different depending on what you do. Um, uh, this you're talking certainly significant more life over the over the life of the fixture, but but at the end of life or when you don't want those fixtures anymore, you're just you're just doing full fixture replacement. I mean, it's um, now there are some cases where there are we're, we're starting to see some viable uh, T8 to uh, to tube LED replacements, which can uh, either you have the option for include leaving the ballast in the fixture or removing it. Uh, 
and there are there are different reasons why you might want to do that. Um, but uh, you know, in my mind, I think keeping the keeping the ballast in the fixture, which is 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 a is a popular way to do things, doesn't make sense long term because at some point you're going to have to replace that ballast, and then you've got a bunch of lamps that won't work unless you keep putting a ballast in it, right? right. So. You know, not real crazy about that, but I know some folks are doing it just because they don't want to mess with taking the ballast out. That's right. That's right. Okay. And the risk, there's also risk of if you direct wire about a a, um, a fixture mm-hmm. with line voltage, then placing a someone mistakenly puts the wrong put, type of lamp in, right? Wrong, yeah, because no one knows. No one's going to take the fixture apart. You know, to, to find to, out if the ballast is still there. That's right. So that's a really good point. That's, that's a good point. That's the largest uh, reason, I think, that they leave the, yeah. they leave the ballast in place. But well, And it's amazing that over the years, the technology of LED has really made a lot of these problems obsolete, such as they have. the um, – do you remember the old – the old um, tombstones that were shunted and unshunted. Oh yeah, tombstones there were the five or six different variations of tombstones. Yeah, and and, and yeah. at least that many. Uh, oh man, and the ballast type themselves. Oh my goodness, they were instant start, rapid start. Um, it's so, so much better. You have to know a lot less than you used to I, to do lighting, right. <laughs> which is kind of, is kind of a good thing. I mean, That's we both have all this obsolete knowledge that doesn't really, it's not really useful anymore. Um, but, but it does help on a retrofit. It helps on a retrofit. That that's true. That's true. So there's the energy part of it, and just you know, guys, we could ballpark numbers for you and things like that. But depending on the building and how long it's been since you retrofit, I mean, owners can see anywhere from you know ten percent up to up to forty percent energy savings. Now, the energy savings is one thing, but there's also got to be a payback to it. Uh, we, you know, we've done some payback analysis. Um, you don't really get necessarily the most benefit from buying the most bleeding edge technology uh, if, if you're looking for, for payback. There is um, uh, the added benefit, as Bill mentioned earlier, of improved light levels. Um, the, you get a lot more light. Typically, we see on our lighting retrofits, the places get brighter uh, from when they had the fluorescent lighting in them. Uh, and it's you don't see the same. It's not linear. You know, if you get forty percent energy savings, you're not going to get forty percent better light levels. Um, you know, usually somewhere on the order. Maybe they're the same. Uh, maybe somewhere in the order of ten to maybe twenty percent is not unreasonable. Again, depending on the combination of what you're doing, right? Um, so, uh, light levels. Um, owners want to know what they're getting, what they have, and what they're getting. Before they put the lights in, what's my benefit? Because they get the energy savings. But if you're operating in a retail store where light levels are really important, right? you know, you've got to – Well, the light – it's funny because we used to say that you can save a lot of money if you can lower your light levels. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's one That's one way that, to do it. That's, that's one way. But that's yeah. not the right approach. Right. So – as as a minimum, we want to maintain the the existing light levels or the desired light levels in the in yeah. the in the in the space. So that I guess that's kind of a given, right? Yeah. But and then from from there we can talk about saving energy and saving um say yeah you're saving. you're not always interested in saving energy if your light levels are going to decrease. I mean that's <laughs> right, that's yeah. the basic. I exactly. mean, what did I get? My store is at exactly. ten foot candles, so great. I saved a little bit of money. No one can see what they're doing. <laughs> right. Well, one of the other challenges that we've seen 
is that maybe the occupant in a building doesn't is not the building owner, right? And therefore, there's the conflict of uh, do we does the tenant spend the capital on improving the lighting mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. just to save energy that only the owner benefits? That's right. So there's a um, we walked into some manufacturing facilities where the lighting was terrible, but the tenant was like, well, we don't own the lighting or the fixtures, and, and it would come out of our pocket, and we wouldn't see the benefit of that Yeah. other than yeah. improved lighting. Yeah. And that just wasn't enough reason for them to change it, Yeah. although it was super Yeah, it is typically lighting. an owner-driven deal when it we really see it. Is. It's It's the owner's decision to do it, and, and it's incumbent on – on us, you know, as the as the lighting retrofit experts, to to you know show them where they're getting that payback. Right. Um, that is that is a, a key component of it. Um, well, I think some people would think it's funny that a mechanical engineer is involved in lighting, such as me. But I yeah. know that this is stuff that you do day in and day out, right. every day. And right. I would be interested in to hear you explain some of the ways that we measure light levels and some of the instrumentation that we take. And some of the yeah. level of care that we take when yeah. we do this stuff. Yeah, uh, taking light level readings is is a life and an art in and of itself, um, and it is the most time consuming piece of doing a of, of proving a lighting retrofit. Now, the most time consuming piece is actually taking the lights out and putting them in. There's the contractor responsibility of doing the work. But from a design and from a uh, proof standpoint, going out, taking measurements before and after the lighting retrofit is, is very time-consuming. Um, the calc's relatively small amount of time comparatively. Um, but if you're going to prove something, um, a lot of times our clients are, are, are owners, but they are owners who report to owners. And so certainly on a corporate level, uh, you have to be able to prove your business case, um, uh, not only financially, but with, again with the light levels as well. So, uh, when we're doing light level uh, measurements, we are taking a lot of care to make sure that um, we're reducing the variability before and after. Uh, we want consistency and and repeatability. It is not easy to do. Now, I have here, I have a light meter in front of me. Uh, for some for some of you that may not even know what that looks like, this, this is a typical light meter. Um, now, uh, you have the part that takes the readings, and then, uh, that, and then this is what you're actually putting under the light to actually get a reading. Um, now, light levels measured in lux or foot candles. Here in America, we do foot candles uh, a lot, but it's, you know, factor of 10 difference. It's not, uh, you know, that complicated. Uh, the big thing here that you will see with with any light meter that we use, and any any light meter for for anyone that's that's serious about doing what they do, is you will have a, a calibrated light meter, and it will have this NIST traceable number. So we call it NIST certified uh, light meters. Uh, they go out of uh, they go out of balance over time, and uh, you have to regularly keep them updated. Uh, they are measured against a, uh, a curve. So we send them off to a lab, and the lab does that work. Uh, Bill has another type light meter here that you can hand that to me. I, I can look at it. But, I mean, there are different types. This is an, these are both X-Tech. They're just different models. Um, this one actually has the ability to do recording, so you can actually um, record data, and it, will, it has the serial port on it that you can uh, report out. So different ways of doing things but um 
especially, you know, we, we do a lot where we may go into two or three, four or five different locations uh, at a time. Um, and when we're doing compar- comparative analysis, it's important that you don't just pick up one light meter for one store, another one for the next. The, these things are not the same. And this is not like doing a... Um, uh, I don't know, like a, a pressure meter where it's going to be the same, you know, it's 40 pounds here, it's 40 pounds there. You can take two light meters, set them right next to each other in the same location, and you will get a variability on the readings, maybe 10%, maybe 20%. It depends on how recently the meter's been calibrated and who calibrated it and if it's been calibrated at all. So uh, you don't want uh, you don't want someone who's just going to come in and say, "Hey, I got a light meter. We're good to go." That that doesn't work. So um, the equipment's very important. We use the equipment, and it's and so when we're going in a store and we're ready to do our our measurements, um, there there are let, let's say we have a store, maybe a big box. That's what we've been doing most recently. We'll want to go in and identify specific locations in the store. Now, we're not at this point as detailed of doing GPS coordinates, uh, although that's kind of the next generation. There are some things out there where where we're getting into that a little bit. But we are uh, going in and identifying a lot of of it with photographic evidence, where we're taking the measurements, and then at what height. So we're uh, measuring... Um, how far we are above off the floor, and then uh, where we're at in the store. There is a reading that is a horizontal reading where you're holding it flat, and then a vertical reading where you may be holding it up against a piece of merchandise or something like that to measure those as well. So we do both of those. And um, we, we do the process once, they change out the lights, and then we go back in and we do the exact same thing at the exact same locations, and we document that. And so... Do you remember how many points we we were doing per store? It's uh, it's about eight hundred points. Yeah, it's about eight hundred points, it's, and that's it, it's a it lot. A time. It takes a little bit of time. Uh, you're you're eight hundred points and and repeating eight hundred points. It's one thing just to go in and get eight hundred points, but if you've got to go and get eight hundred points and know you have to go back in and get those same eight hundred points. Right. A lot of detail involved in that, and a fair amount of expertise. I mean, it's 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 experience, and it's knowing how to use the tools and, and having the right one. So, and I remember that there are even variations in the angle at which the the vertical. Oh yeah. Um, even if yeah. the angle you're is tilted off a little bit one slightly, way or the other. Yeah. It would it would um, yeah it would change the readings dramatically yeah. from one to the next. Even so, getting 800 points using the same meter. Yes is uh yes that's pretty tough and we have um and we don't have you know we don't have to we don't have the uh, the tools here in front of us but we we do have uh some actual um equipment that we use to to go around in the stores won't share all our trade secrets but but we have some things that (laughs) that we use to to increase that uh, reliability repeatability um last piece um why why will it? Why would an owner go out and hire a third-party entity to do their uh, verification, measurement, and analysis as opposed to just doing it themselves, or having the lighting manufacturer go and do it for them? Well, that's a great question because um, if you hire the manufacturer to do your lighting retrofit, it's kind of like having the fox watch the hen house <laughs> with a third-party with a third-party uh, entity. You get independent uh, 
recommendations, independent analysis, and independent results uh, that can be verified independently. So uh, we would strongly recommend that you use a third party. Um, We're not suggesting that that you know the manufacturers um, are are disingenuous, but for example, okay. If, if you were evaluating a, a store and you had some lamps from Philips and some lamps from GE and you had some lamps from Lithonia and you wanted to um, uh, if you want you wanted to tell you went out and told all three of them hey you each do your own lighting retrofit you each do your own analysis let me know what you get well for one thing they're all going to be using separate tools okay right. and so you won't have real comparative analysis. Right. But uh, also, uh, they're all going to be using their own criteria for for you know how they're doing their calculations, and so certainly from a comparative standpoint, you won't get a lot of fidelity you know between uh, between your your measurements, and then um, and then just not knowing. Now there are a lot of reputable manufacturers out there, and really a lot of the um, shyster. LED manufacturers have kind of gone away. There, there was a period of time, you know, mid two thousands and and you know late two thousands, where everybody was selling LEDs, and it was just about getting them to the market as quickly as possible. Lamps that didn't have documentation, lamps that didn't have IES files and things like that, and so people were just making claims left and right, and there was a lot of misinformation going on out there. So, uh, yeah, I would say as long as you're buying your lamps from someone reputable. You're generally going to get, you know, you know, pretty good results, good warranties, and good things like that. But there's nothing, there's, there's no uh, substitution for having a third-party person do that um, because they're, they don't work for GE, they don't work for Lithonia they don't or have anybody. An agenda. There's no, no agenda. agenda. Their only agenda is it's, just to show you what the difference is and, and what you get out of it. So maximize their profits. Yeah, maximize your profit. Yeah, we, we're getting paid to help the owner out, so that's that's the right way to do it generally. So, uh, well, look, we've we've taken up a good amount of time here. So, uh, Bill, thank you for the conversation, yeah. and uh, it's been fun. It's been good. It's been good. Um, if you guys have some questions about lighting retrofits, um, we like to consider ourselves the experts on that. We've done it, and we've done it all over the country, all over the world, in fact. We've, we've world, been all correct. over the world doing that, so we have a little bit of experience everywhere. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, my name is Brandon. This is Bill. We are Brandon at hpengineeringinc.com, Bill at hpengineeringinc.com. We would love to hear from you, and we hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye.